It's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's some Big Show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake hanging out with you at our Carrier Zone Studios here at Vivint Arena, Austin Horton. Across the glass from me, producing today, and of course, uh, safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you on this uh, sunny Thursday? Uh, you know, sunny. Sure. I'm doing sunny. You... I'm sunny. <laughs> Feeling so very sunny today. You accomplished something uh, most notable by rolling out of the sack this morning. I did. Actually, it, I'll, I'll tell you this. Can I tell you why I'm having a good day? Yeah. So I went, we, uh, I played a morning nine holes of golf with my wonderful wife at, uh, at Forest Dale. Mm-hmm. I was even through nine. We only played nine. I was even for the nine, which, uh, it doesn't happen to me ever. And I had two birdies and an eagle. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. But that, but that means that you had, a I had some bogeys. Correct. Yeah, that happened. Or three. I, uh, I, we played Forest Dale, uh, and there's that really short uh, par three that's uh, number eight. It was uh, like 80-yard par three, and uh, I put it in the water. In the water? In the water. I've never played that course. I've been over there before, but I've not actually, not that, my, that I remember anyway. Is it uh, relatively short, I imagine? I love Forest Dale because it's just a nine-hole track. It's always in good shape. It's got some, some uh, difficult holes. I mean, it's, it does. It, it's not, you know, it's not, South Mountain is a really hard course, right? That, Forest Dale is not South Target Mountain. Golf. But uh, it's you, you know you have to pull the driver out a bunch of times and there's uh, there's a fair amount of water and uh, yeah it, it it creates some unique shots. I love Forestdale. I I grew up playing there in Nibley and I love those little Salt Lake City uh, tracks uh, that you can just play in a couple hours and and have a good time. So it was nice. That uh, was part of the former Salt Lake Country Club uh, course, was it not? Is is that true of is it Forestdale or Nibley that that's true of? I, I know that's Forest. true of one of the two. May, it might be it Forestdale. Yeah, and, I'm not 100. I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I think that's true. I've heard that's true anyway. So anyway, yeah, I I was on in two and a par five and made the putt. Well, good for you. Yeah, Jake. pretty excited. Yeah. All right then. You should be in a good mood. Yeah. So there you go. Relatively I mean, speaking. Absolutely. I got out and spent some quality time with my wife too, which was nice. So, yeah, I'm feeling all right. How are you? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I am good. Austin, you all right? I'm terrific. <laughs> Austin's always terrific. He's consistent that way. Does Austin have a list today? <laughs> we could do Austin's list today. You want to get into it? Jeez, yeah. How many hours do we have? Five? Yeah, let's go. Maybe we'll do that at, uh, what do you think, at 3.50. Okay. You got, you got plenty I'll of, try plenty to find of material. something. <laughs> 
Exactly. Howard Beck is going to be on the show at 3, <laughs> Booner at 5, Austin's List at 3.50, uh, the Not Sports Port at 4.50. And uh, I don't know, do I get a segment surrounding me? I'm feeling left out here. We do have how a about, day for Gordon, the, two days yeah. for me. Right. What are you going to do to contribute here, Jake? I'll just swing my pick in the salt mines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that got a chuckle out of you. Let's let's make a uh, let's make a segment just for Jake today. No, no, I'm fine. Jake's yeah, takes, yeah, yeah. fine. Jake's, Jake's takes. takes. <laughs> Man, the the titles for that segment just write themselves, don't they? Uh, no, very much looking forward to uh, today's show. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, we, of course, will talk about what's going on in the NBA, and we'll get into the latest, and we'll do that coming up here momentarily. But also, uh, Deloy Hansen made some uh, comments today that we'll get into. And yesterday, John Canzano reported some very interesting things about the Pac-12 uh, that, uh, that we need to address. He's done some really fine work. Yeah, he's a great writer. He's a great writer, and he's been. Uh, he and John Wilner both, as far as covering the conference as a whole, have have both been uh, really, really good. So, uh, we'll get into the latest. As uh, mentioned, Howard's at three, and uh, Booner's at five. You want to dive into what's going on today, Gordon? Should we Let's get into it. the split story? All right, sure. Austin, hit it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I don't really regret a lot of things in my life, you know, to be honest. Like, I think, you know, always things happen for a reason, but but definitely things like that happening makes me question it, you know. It makes me question my decision. It makes me, you know, question if this was the right decision or, or, or you know, um, are we really making a change? Are we really doing something meaningful? Like, all those questions just pop up to my head. That was Pascal Siakam uh, talking about what's uh, going on at the bubble and in the NBA and concerns. What is he questioning himself over? Uh, I'm not sure. What do you think? To play in the bubble, is that oh, what it is? Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, and George Hill had expressed something similar. Uh, but, Gordon, when we left the air yesterday, I don't know how I was not all that confident that the NBA would resume. And we saw it play out online through various reports. Mannix was very dialed in yesterday about the player meeting and uh, and what well, basically what was being talked about and, and kind of that division that we talked about amongst the players. Uh, there were some vocal players who didn't want to play. In fact, if you uh, believe one of the reports, the Lakers and Clippers actually voted as teams not to play. Uh, other reports saying that the majority of players did indeed want to continue. Uh, then a meeting was uh, a board of governors meeting with the NBA owners happened this morning. Another NBA players meeting happened this morning. And now, according to reports, it, it looks like the NBA uh, will resume the playoffs. Now, there are some reports, including from our friend Keith Smith, uh, talking about that they'll pick things up on Saturday. Um, and it, it will just be Wednesday's schedule Saturday. But I haven't seen uh, any more confirmation to that report. But that's where we stand right now, Gordon, that the NBA will indeed resume in, in the bubble in Orlando. Yes, and I've seen the reports as to what was discussed in, in the players' meeting. And, yeah, they, they aired a lot of information and and then uh, subsequently came to a conclusion. I believe it was this morning, right? And uh, so it's yeah they're going to play and uh, I'm I'm glad they're going to play because I think they can get their message across without walking out on the season. I, I think that's they can accomplish both of those things and save themselves some money, uh, especially those players who may not be you know making thirty million a year. Yeah. 
Uh, I thought it was interesting, the process. Uh, they had coaches involved in the discussion for a period and then not. Uh, Doc Rivers was uh, involved in talking to them. I, I would have loved to be a, uh, a in that room just to watch how it operated. And, and specifically, I'd love to see Chris Paul as a union leader, how he um, uh, figures out what's best for his constituents. I bet that was no easy task for him. Yeah, that there was a, well, I mean, there was a lot to navigate there, that's for sure. And it looks like they figured it out and uh, will move forward. But uh, the players are concerned about these events around the country. And, man, I'll tell you, Jake, I have gotten a lot of response from, from people, uh, readers, listeners, uh, whoever, who are uh, concerned and angry uh, with uh, the players' stances. Some say they're not going, and I wrote about it. That I have a column up at sltrip.com if you want to check it out and either agree with me or disagree with me because uh, these kinds of topics seem to uh, really uh, elicit some response one way or the other. And those who, who are having a problem with what the players are doing, I guess I don't fully grasp it. Um, the, these players, you know, I've, I, I, this morning I got a bunch of messages from people calling players spoiled, out of touch, uneducated. They want to hurt the country, all that sort of thing. And that's, that's not what's going on here. And some people say, for instance, uh, I mentioned Donovan Mitchell and how he's trying to do some good. And uh, I, I get responses from people like Donovan Mitchell grew up in a privileged household. What does he know about this, that, and the other? I think to myself, no, that's not it. That's missing the point completely. These players are giving voice to people who can't be heard. They have high profiles, and they are utilizing that to get the get more awareness out there. And it's not just talk. A lot of these players, they are involved in their communities. They do good wherever they live, and they should be listened to, and that's what they're trying to do. So it's not a matter of a bunch of rich guys, a bunch of rich athletes sitting around going, okay, what kind of trouble can we cause? No, they look around at their environment. Either some of them grew up in that environment. Some of them look around their communities and see the need see that the, that these uh, voices need to be heard and so that's what they're doing and i uh, the the anger the backlash from people who want to nitpick about this that and the other and they're saying they're never going to watch another nba game they're, they've had it they're sick of it they don't care about it anymore it's just curious to me because this as you have pointed out many times and i have as well this kind of exchange this kind of expression is what is what America makes America America, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we would agree with each other or disagree, at least being able to express that in whatever form you have, and the players have this form, and so that's what they're doing. I mean, why hate on people for that? Why why say up oh, up? That's it. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm never going to watch these guys again. It's just crazy to me. And I understand that people can have different opinions. That's not my problem. My problem is with people. If someone sends me something, a message like that, I don't think, okay, I've had enough of you. You know, I listen to what they say. I read what they say. I've never blocked anyone. 
But for the players to express this, and then people say, that, but that's it, I'm out of here. I, it's their, you know, they can do that if they want, but it just seems like a curious course of action to me. Um, I I could kind of try to give you an explanation on a societal level. I'm not going to uh, make excuses for um, uh, anyone's point of view, but I can tell you why I think you received that feedback. Uh, because players and athletes are using their pedestal to communicate a political message. Their pedestal, the reason is they it have... Political? Is it political or is it social? Is it racial? Um... You it's, can connect it's, those things if you want, but it's primarily all, it's all political. It's for it's for ra- it's not all political. It is. It's for it's for racial justice, right? Which has turned into a political issue. Well, people can turn it into whatever they want, but the, uh, where the rubber meets the road, it's the way people of color are treated in this country. I got you. I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm trying. You, you're 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 pontificating as to why people think differently than you. And I'm trying to explain that the pedestal that the players have, they do not have because of their political opinions. They have them because they're they're great athletes. And but I'm not sure me, that really matters. Well, the the <laughs> they're expressing something that the people that make up their pedestal, a portion of them at least, don't agree with. So they're they don't, saying they don't wait wait they don't agree with racial justice. Yes, they don't obviously or this method of it, Gordon. I'm not trying to. How can how can I mean I mean that's just curious to me. It exists. How can you not think that it exists? You you read it. You just told me you read it. Yeah, it exists. So I I mean, it 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 is there, and people are turned off by it. It it's true, and I'm trying to tell tell you why because sports are made up of a vast uh, the customers the the people that watch sports come from vastly different backgrounds all across the board. The, your average sports fan, it, it's what, think about it this way, Gordon, it's what kind of makes the Jazz great in this community in a way, that BYU and Utah fans come together to root for the Jazz. It's, I know I'm comparing apples to oranges because we're talking about fan bases, but I think it's an example of what I'm talking about because sports brings lots of lots of different types of people like sports. It's what's great about it, really. You go to, a, Gordon, I'll go to a work party with my wife. And I don't know anybody. I probably don't have anything in common with anybody other than I married a smart person. And so what, what ends up being the topic of conversation? Sports. I talk sports. Uh, it's the great icebreaker for that reason because we can all unify and identify with it. And then when politics become involved with sports, it's going to divide the audience like politics divide everything else. Unfortunately, this whole connection connection of the political side to the racial justice side is, uh, I mean, okay, the players are saying vote, and maybe that's an encouragement to do something political, and that's part of the American way. I get that. But when I hear an athlete say to me, it's not just the shooting, the killing, it's the intimidation factor, it's being dismissed or diminished as a human being, that constant pressure, if you're black, there is no benefit of the doubt. When I hear that, then to me it is racial. It is racial justice that we're talking about here. And that should be what's centered on, in my opinion. Correcting that in our country. And if you're white and you've never had that kind of pressure and you don't know what that feels like, it's – I just – you know, I mean, I've interviewed hundreds of ath- black athletes, Jake, and I've heard it from them time and time again. 
at all levels, not just professional, but also college. I've heard the stories. It's kind of like what Kyle Korver said in his treatise in uh, the Players' Tribune. It's like, if you're white, try to stop and understand the, the message here. And if you can't understand it, if, if you can't fit it into your brain, then it's probably because you've lived the kind of life that has made it hard for you to understand because you've been fortunate. You haven't been disadvantaged. You haven't had to overcome that. And so that's why I think it's important for those who are white to stop and think about what a black person in America has to, has to live with. That, to me, is what this is really about, not about politics. That's the way I view it. Okay. Well, a significant portion of sports fans don't view it that way. I don't know how significant. That would be an interesting discussion. But, I, you know, throughout my entire career, I, I've talked about how it's impossible to separate politics and sports, and people have the right to speak. And I believe that about NBA players. And they spoke loudly yesterday. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks had the lieutenant governor and the attorney general on the phone within an hour. That's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty amazing uh, when you think about it. And you but, say, oh, Giannis is making millions and millions of dollars. He's getting paid whatever. I don't know what his contract is. What is it, 30, 40, 50 million a year? You know, and they yet. say, how? Yeah. What's that? I said, not yet. His it will be. His payday is coming, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But the whole idea that, hey, you're wealthy you now have put yourself in a position of advantage doesn't mean that they can't speak for those who uh, are people of color who do not have that same voice, do not have that same advantage. You don't have to be living that life right now. And I don't know Giannis's backstory. I mean, I, I, I do. I am familiar with a number of NBA players who come from very difficult backgrounds and they know what it's like. But even if they don't personally know what it's like, they can look around and see it. And so they're giving voice to it. I think that's a really important distinction so that people don't 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 fire off on these players because they, they, they're living the good life now. But they're, they're giving voice to people who don't live that good life. Is that so bad? Uh, did you see this, Gordon? This just coming out. Uh, I'm seeing it from um, Kurt Heelan has a story on it. But uh, Jared Kushner, son-in-law of uh, President Trump, mm -hmm. uh, said this, quote, if LeBron James reached out to the White House or we reach out to him, we're happy to talk with him and say, look, let's both agree on what we want to accomplish and let's come up with a common pathway to get there. But by being angry and brooding, you're not going to solve any problems. And then added, I'll reach out to him today. I, I, uh, I, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy for Jared to say that kind of thing based on his background. Well, no, no, no. I mean, telling I, someone not to be angry. But I, I mean, I guess the point I'm bringing that up is, I mean, if LeBron James can get the president of the United States on the horn, that's pretty loud speech, right? Yeah. I wonder if he'd listen. Uh, I don't know, but getting him on the phone and having a discussion is a pretty positive thing, I would think, if that's legitimate. I don't know. I don't know. As you point out, I don't know Jared Kushner, but I think that's actually a, a pretty decent example of uh, of the the amount of speech that NBA players have. That's pretty amazing, right? Because that opportunity didn't happen on Monday this week. Right, it's happening today yeah. after boycotts yesterday. Right. 
And again, yeah, I so pointed I guess, out what? Well, so hard. I guess no, nobody is saying to LeBron in that conversation, I would hope, shut up and dribble. Well, I'd hope LeBron would take the call. I don't know. Be pretty interesting to to have the clout to pass on a phone call from the president of the United States. <laughs> Send that to voicemail. <laughs> right? There's certain people you just can't send voicemail. Austin Horton. I'll get, I'll get back to you. No, no. If, if if that voice can be heard, then let it be heard. I just thought that was interesting. I just saw that come across right uh, right toward the beginning of the show that Jared Kushner had said that out there. But that's the whole point here is to garner attention, get attention to an issue that needs a lot. Look, I think America is great. It's terrific. I mean, there are people who have sacrificed all kinds of things to preserve what we have here in America. Is it perfect? No, it's not. And it needs significant improvement in certain areas, in my opinion. And this is one of those. And so, yeah, that, that's what I think that's what the players are trying to accomplish, to get to get the message heard and to make it better. And, I, I mean, I guess I don't understand why people – those and I don't know what the percentage is. Uh, it, it might not be all that high, but but they are definitely out there who want to argue this point and want to hold it against the players, hold it against the NBA, hold it against Major League Soccer players, even the freaking owner Which of we'll, RSL we'll having in, a problem. We'll get into coming up next, but but sports is facing this because I think it's more of a percentage than you think it is. Yeah, could be. Especially here. Is that because uh, there aren't as many people of color in this state? Um, I mean, that's part of it, probably. What, why did you say especially here? Because a certain side of the aisle tends to disagree with the other side of the aisle. And the certain side of the aisle is very well represented in this state. Man, you keep dragging it back into the political it realm. It is political. And, but but I think both Democrats and Republicans can work together on this to make it right. Well, they can it's work not, together on It's a not, lot of okay, well, that's what, right. that's what Red wants to do. Blue doesn't want to do that. Blue wants to do this. And Red doesn't want to do that. No, that's a, get together. Listen to what these players are saying and make it better. Um, I, I guess I'm not saying it's like the party platform. Gordon Moore saying that that um, people who would push back against Black Lives Matter tend to be in one party more so than the other. Okay. And that party dominates this state. And my whole point is that it shouldn't be that way. Human beings should listen to human beings so that human beings get treated better. Okay. I know. I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm, I'm just trying to keep us grounded in reality here because yeah. sports fans politics don't necessarily mat, match up with athlete politics. And that's where the conflict we're talking about comes from, because that's how you started the, the segment, asking where that conflict comes from. And I'm trying to explain it to you because it exists. I know and and I know that you Jake, are, I know I know where it comes from. We're having a discussion here. Well, it's, just, and, it's just it's just unfortunate that that's the way it is. And anybody who has years to hear, open the ears so that a problem can be solved. All right. We'll uh, we'll talk about the RSL owner, Deloy Hansen, what he had to say on X96 this morning. We'll get to that coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Shout out to Whitney Horton, who wanted Coheed and Cambria today for your band of the day. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist artist insight, go to livenation.com. Uh, Gordon, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, um, of course, a big story yesterday, biggest story, uh, really, news story in the country, NBA. Um, the, like boycott, what word did we decide to boycott? Is that what's appropriate? Because it wasn't really a strike. So anyway, the NBA obviously did not play yesterday three games. Um, they're not going to play today, or we'd be right in the middle of the Jazz game, actually. Um, but other sports followed suit. Uh, followed suit. We talked about Major League Baseball a little bit on the show yesterday. Well, uh, some Major League Soccer teams uh, also did not play last night, including RSL, who was uh, getting set for their home opener. They were going to do it in front of 5,000 fans. Um, Gordon, but uh, the the players elected not to play to boycott, and we're going to uh, get to Deloy Hansen's response uh, here in a minute. But I thought since you know, turnabout is fair play, we would uh, read also the the Utah Jazz statement and the Miller uh, the Miller family statement, and then we'll play Deloy's and we'll explain where Deloy's came from. But uh, here's what. Uh, what the Miller family had to say, quote, we support and join with the National Basketball Association, its teams, the players in the Utah Jazz in condemning social injustice and violence against black people. Our family and organization remain fully committed to and focused on building a country that is equitable, just and safe. We also echo Jake, uh, Jacob Blake's mother's plea to use our hearts, our love and our intelligence to work together to show the rest of the world how humans are supposed to treat each other, unquote. I want to shout amen. Yeah, I liked it. I thought I thought it was really appropriate. I thought the the quote from from Jacob Blake's mother was particularly touching, but uh, very well done. Deloy Hansen uh, decided to go uh, a different route, Gordon. Um, he uh, he went on a radio show on X ninety six, radio from hell. We used to uh, share a building with uh, that station, mm-hmm. Gordon. There's a lot of good yes, people over there, including yeah. uh, Carrie, Bill, and Gina, who I who I like. Um, but uh, he he owns the station. He uh, for those that don't know, Deloy Hansen owns a cluster of radio stations, uh, Broadway Media Group, and he went on X ninety six this morning. And Austin, how long was he on the air? He was on the air a long time, just under fifteen minutes. So we're gonna play a snippet for you. We might play another one uh, if we get enough time. But Deloy went on that uh, on that show with uh, Andy Carroll. His Kind of quasi number two. I'm not sure exactly what Andy's uh, uh, title is. Somebody you're familiar with, Gordon. Oh, yeah. He's the one that uh, took my uh, press credential away. He is. And then wrote that manifesto about why he did it. And then gave it back. Chief business officer, Andy is. Mm. So, anyway, Andy and uh, Deloitte went on X96 this morning. And here, this is kind of a middle section. Again, it was very long. But this is kind of a middle section answering uh, one of Bill Allred's questions. Well, I, I think the question comes in is the sad part, as you know, I'm very, very supportive of an inclusive, fairly liberal agenda. That is who I am. Yeah. I've been strong in favor of that, but maybe that agenda has gotten so far that we're punishing all sides of society that would love to support, you know, an inclusive society. But then when you do that, uh, the fact is saying, because maybe you're so accommodative or you're caring that you can be easily slapped. And I take it as a profound slap at our community value structure of trying to build an organization that develops youth, 
supports the community through our foundations uh, that reaches to employ 250 people here. And then when it says, well, there's another issue in society, why don't we punish you? So uh, while I don't know that that's the direct intention, that's the result, that yeah. a lot of people would be punished. I mean, uh, we'll have to lay people off from our foundation today. We'll have to lay people off that, that from Levy, from uh, you know our food, Real Food. I mean, the, the, the implications become profound. We don't know that the players will go to Portland and play. We don't know that. Yeah. So we're we're all sitting here looking that we're in an organization that's trying to build support and love around a team that supports the city. And all I can say is. They supported other issues nationally, but they clearly did not support our city nor our organization. That's fairly clear. It is profoundly disappointing. Well, and you know, I it's taken a lot of wind out of my sail. What effort I want to put into recruiting players and building a uh, great team—it just seems that's not a very good path for me to take. All right, and at the beginning, and again, I, I want to make every effort, uh, certainly, at uh, being fair. Um, Deloitte uh, essentially expressed his disappointment that uh, that the players didn't play and brought up a lot of the employees. You heard him talking about that. Um, he said this when he opened his comments. He says, we brought back 40 employees last week, sat for six hours, reinstated full wages, and moved people back so we could serve the food, greet the guests, make sure they were safe. We made sure we could greet 5,000 fans in a very safe, effective manner. Our staff here worked 60, 70 hours putting up protective shield signage, making sure we did dry runs two weeks with the USL team. He also said we went through a profound amount of preparation during COVID era to still be able to create our sense of community where people could be invited. Obviously, we failed at a profound level. And then uh, he goes on, uh, again, quite lengthy. But uh, essentially, Gordon's saying he, he feels um, that uh, other people in the equation were not respected. Well, he said he personally was disrespected by the player's decision. And I'm sorry it created a bit of a business problem for Deloy Hansen. But this is bigger than that. This is bigger than that. And it's not just a national problem. It's a, it's a community problem, too. This isn't something that just happens everywhere else. It happens here, too. It is a community problem that needs to be addressed in this community. And the fact that Deloy couldn't see that is remarkable to me. Well, and just to look at it from a from a different angle, um, him not seeing that aside, I mean, it's just not very smart from a, a sports ownership perspective, right? I think we can all agree with that. Well, he essentially threatened to not put uh, effort into the franchise because of a decision made by players who are greatly concerned about racial issues in this country, including in Utah. Well, I mean, part of the reason uh, that I that I read the Miller statement first is because I think that is the smart ownership to support your players. Uh, and Gordon, I know you're mad at me for keeping to bring politics up, but you know, to to enable to support your players regardless of their politics to have their voice and feel comfortable within a franchise is something that I think players really value, and that's a valuable thing for a franchise to provide. And when a franchise pushes back against a player trying to speak 
Uh, I don't think that's going to be very popular with the players, regardless of what they're talking about. So this you is know, this is really an unfortunate move, I think, regardless of his political opinion, because his job, I mean, the 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 job is to field a, a the best soccer team he possibly can, mm-hmm. and this is really going to affect that, right? Because he's been somehow economically or financially put uh, at odds. I mean, that, that's just a an interesting way for him to have put that. I mean, look, I got nothing. RSL, for a long time, we handled RSL with uh, kid gloves. Uh, we were all kind of pulling for it, you know, a new thing here and a sport that people were trying to get to know. A lot of people, some people are, are know it very well. But it was easy to kind of handle them softly but then when they reach a point where you think, okay, they're a professional franchise, we can view them the way we view professional franchises, which means we can compliment them when they do things well, and we can rip them when they do stupid things. And I think most people in the media, while not being fans, they, they would appreciate ownership that's pretty smart and aware and on the ball and doesn't say dumb things. And, and moves the franchise forward. And sometimes Deloy and I, I mean, I, I wish he would handle things differently for the for the benefit of the very community that he was trying to defend. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Gordon. I, it's tough. Only, let me put it this way. Owning a, a professional sports franchise is not easy right now. But that, you know, I. Deloy has every right to voice his opinion too. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm sorry and, and, that he. I'm sorry that he feels disrespected, but it's not about him. Right. It's not about you, Deloy. This is bigger than you. This is way bigger than you. Believe it or not, it's uh, bigger than your franchise. We'll have. Uh, we'll get to Trey Fitzgerald's comments coming up uh, right around the corner. But this. Uh, this. His comments today have certainly made national news. And uh, Austin uh, pointed out to us, too, that uh, X96 has taken the interview down off of YouTube. So that yeah. happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hit the ESPN wire. I mean, it's, it's all over. This is not uh, – he's, he's um, blazing his own trail, Gordon, with how he's well, reacted to this. I've been critical of Deloitte in the past, and it's uh, well known. And it's uh, – I, I try not to – to react in a way that is uh, based on what's happened before, try to take it one bit at a time. But this is one more example of a man that seems a bit confused about the team he owns. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned again. Howard Beck at 3. Uh, Booner is going to jump on the show coming up at 5. Austin's list at 3.50, not Sports Report at 4.50. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Slight uh, change in programming today. Howard Beck needs to move to four. You all right with all that, right. Gordon, or, or yeah. you want to? I'll take. We'll take Howard whenever we can get him. Okay. Well, you try and, and be nice to him, even though he's uh, mildly inconvenienced you. <laughs> okay. 
I will. All right. So how I feel I feel personally disrespected by. I know you do. I know you do by such things. So I just want to kind of, you know, deal with this with kid gloves. Howard will be on with uh, with us at four. And uh, Booner is going to join us at 5 o'clock, so make sure you uh, you stay tuned for that. Trey Fitzgerald, we were talking about RSL, the comments Deloy Hansen made this morning on X96, uh, chose to go on X96 uh, this morning. And uh, we played some of those for you, Gordon. Uh, we gave our opinions. Uh, one interesting voice in all of this is Trey Fitzgerald, and he was on with Hansen Scotty. Now, uh, you and I have both known Trey for a very long time. He was uh, in the marketing arm of RSL for, I believe he said, 14 years. Uh, did PR, did marketing, uh, ended up a VP of marketing before he left the company several years Trey, ago. Trey is one of the best uh, communications people I have ever seen in my 43-year career, whatever it's been. He is he's about the best I've ever seen. He was remarkably good. Well, and, and Trey's not really sour grapes guy either, because I, I don't know the 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 full story of why he left, but he hasn't talked about it. That's my point. He's not not really waving that flag. But he did come on with Hanson Scotty and had some strong things to say and wanted to to play this this uh quote for you. Trey, one of the things I wanted to try to get to the bottom of is, and, and you kind of mentioned it there, that if you were there, maybe you would have had a chance to talk him through this. Do you think this was Deloitte speaking out of anger, or do you think that this was a calculated response to what happened? Uh, I don't think it was calculated in the least, and I don't think – I don't know, man. I just um, – I know there's a, there's a few people there that – if they could have had maybe the opportunity to be in his ear, the, the cooler heads would have prevailed. But um, it seems like from afar that the one guy that is in his ear completely doesn't understand media or fans or sports or um, anything socially and um and that guy is in a job that's way too big for him and um and you know the season ticket holders and the sponsors and and the players that have left um utah because they just couldn't deal uh with the dysfunction anymore They'll come back in a heartbeat as soon as that guy is gone. But um, they're staying away for now. That was Trey Fitzgerald, former uh, vice president of marketing, marketing at uh, at RSL. Trey's a very smart man, and he knows exactly what's going on inside that organization. And I didn't hear that whole interview. I don't know how much of it he spilled, but he knows darn near all of it. And, and, and it's it's not a positive. It's uh, it's unfortunate uh, that things are run there the way they are. And Trey uh, talked about where he's coming from uh, from his uh, standpoint socially, and and talked a lot about that. And and really, that whole interview was was good for a variety of reasons. And he did. It wasn't a whole interview of raking uh, Deloy over the over the coals. But I mean, I think that was an interesting look inside that organization that you just don't get very often. Yeah. 
Um, just uh, just uh, to represent some arguments that are out there, people tweeting at us, Gordon. Uh, I'll just read a couple of these here. Um, Sean says, if you two, DJ and PK, Hanson, Scotty, and all decided not to come to work and protest, would ownership be happy or frustrated? Uh, and then uh, Scott on Twitter says, if it's uh, bigger than all of us, why don't we all walk out? We want to keep a job. If the NBA shut down their CBA, uh, their CBA would be canceled and renegotiated and players lose salary. Protest has limits. An owner can have an opinion about his business being shut down by others. Right. But the <laughs> uh, players, professional athletes are have a high enough profile that uh, they can do that. They have skills that you don't have. They have, they have uh, maybe some some uh, slack in that line that you don't have, or that many people don't have. You can't fire your team, even though Deloy hinted that he might not. He, the wind was out of his sails, and he wasn't all that excited about about the, what was happening. And, and, yeah, I get the frustration, but you got to understand what's going on and why it's going on. And uh, and I, if he does understand it, then that makes it even worse. It would probably be better if he didn't understand it and needed to learn. But if he does understand it and he still uh, projected what he did, then that's uh, then that's too bad. Well, I mean, I, th- I think um, there are a lot of businesses out there that make it a priority to support their employees. And uh, I know this is an extreme circumstance, but I'm sure those RSL players aren't uh, aren't feeling very supported um, at work. And I get that things have their limits. But the, the thing is, is that athletes are very special at what they, they do and people want to watch that. And so they have that that luxury. Whereas, you know, with ownership, you've got a you've got a lot of irons in the fire. You know, you got to sell tickets first and foremost, and you've got to provide a product that people want to buy tickets to. Yep. And, and so, I mean, that's where player voices come from. You want to talk about why their their voice matters and yours doesn't? Uh, Deloitte's uh, voice matters very much in in this community. I just don't think he he wisely used his voice. I'm not talking about agreeing or disagreeing. I just don't think this was a wise use of his platform. Well, that's absolutely true. Uh, but he said what he thought, and uh, that's the problem. That's what he thinks. And people have a problem with him thinking that way. Maybe not everybody, but uh, there's numerous people uh, who, uh, who our, didn't appreciate it. Our friend IRUS Developers says it sounds like Deloitte doesn't care to put effort into the team anymore. Maybe he should sell the team to another local owner. I'm sure a lot of fans would welcome that. In fact, I saw a funny tweet out there of somebody uh, asking uh, our friend from Qualtrics, Ryan Smith, to buy the team. And he said, uh, I would. My phone, uh, he said, like his phone his phone is on or something like that. Oh, did he really? Well, yeah, but I don't think that that just magically means that <laughs> RSL is going to have a new owner overnight. Uh, well, I guess it depends on how much of the wind is out of Deloitte's sails. His words, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it feels the 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 thing is like it it, it feels very reactionary uh, reactionary to me. And they, I think you heard Trey Fitzgerald in that bite that we played right there kind of talked about that that it wasn't really a calculated response in the slightest. 
He just, uh, you know, took over a radio show that he owns and and just uh, threw it out there. Like it, it, it almost reminds me of, and and why am I forgetting of the Cleveland Cavaliers owner? Why am I? No, no, no. Griffin's GM. Who's the owner? Not Gordon Gund anymore. Um, yeah, I know. Who you're talking Le- about. LeBron's arch nemesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remember, he wrote oh, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Yes. Remember, he wrote that just scathing letter the next day after LeBron mm. after the decision in where, like Comic Sans, oh, fun, where yeah. he just just roasted LeBron. You know, I bet that a day later. If you would ask Dan Gilbert if that was a good idea, he probably would have said, you know what? No, no, that probably wasn't the best but idea. I don't, I don't care about that side of it. I, I care about what a guy really thinks. And if that's what he's thinking, then, uh, then I'm glad he said it so that people can know what this guy thinks. You know, it's one thing to polish it up, uh, what, what should be said from a public relations standpoint. It's another thing when the un- unvarnished truth spills out. And then uh, and, and this has happened with the lawyer on a number of occasions. And I agree with, uh, with what Trey said. He's got an advisor over there who, uh, in my opinion, doesn't know what he's doing. And you can put two and two together who I'm talking about and who Trey was talking about. And uh, and I could care less whether he wanted to take my credential away or not. I, I mean, you're going to punish me so that I can't go cover an RSL game. I, you know, whatever, do what you're going to do. It was just totally stupid on on their part, and a lack of awareness about the way sports works. And you know, Andy Carroll, he, he, <laughs> he just uh, uh, he. I agree with Trey. All right, we'll uh, get to more coming up next. Instead of uh, Howard, we'll get to what's going on. And then Howard Beck will be with us at 4. The Booner joins us at 5. Stay tuned for that. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.